Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. This podcast brought to you by the Weekly Standard Cruise. Cruise the Mediterranean this fall with your Weekly Standard favorites like Bill Crystal, Fred Barnes, and Steve Hayes. For all the information, go to TWS Cruise. That's the Weekly Standard Cruise. TWSCruise.com. And with us is Bill Crystal. And Bill, you wrote that the Republican Party exists to save us from legislation like this. Legislation like what? I like the thousand-page immigration bill that it looks uh, like it's going to make it through the Senate, thanks to the political cover that the uh, Border Patrol Amendment gives uh, a bunch of Republican senators. Um, I mean, the Republican House exists to save us from a lot of bad legislation, but I think in immigration there's going to be a huge amount of pressure on them from elites of both parties, from big business elites, uh, from the media, to come on, get with the program. This thing's been negotiated by all the by the Gang of Eight. Now they got some. Now it's a Gang of Eleven or Fifteen or whatever. Uh, and don't you know that it's political suicide not to pass it? And don't you know that uh, business leaders from across the country have decided, and labor leaders have decided it's a good thing? And how dare you maybe stand up for the proposition that um, it's not a coherent piece of legislation, it's not a helpful piece of legislation, the policy implications have not been thought through, they can do some concrete and discrete things on immigration without doing this huge bill. It's going to be tough for the Republican House to stand up to that, but I think this is what they were put here to do. I think the uh, Tea Party movement absolutely agrees with you. You know, they had a gathering in Washington this week. It wasn't that large of a crowd, but the one issue that galvanized them, got them pumped up, was this notion of rewarding people who came here illegally with benefits that people who are waiting in line can't have. Yeah, I'm not against legalization for the people who came here illegally with appropriate safeguards and, and, and uh, you know, uh, things they have to uh, uh, accomplish. Mm-hmm. I'm not against even a path to citizenship. I'm against giving them a edge up, a leg up on the path to citizenship. But again, this borders patrol thing's perfect. It's measuring inputs, not outputs. Uh, there's no evidence they're actually going to, there's no requirement they do anything first about the border, about exit entry, which is, after all, how most of the illegal people who are here uh, are here. They didn't come across the border from Mexico or from Canada. They came in, they flew in and stayed here. That's like our. Our Chechnyan uh, friends, I don't know, I shouldn't use that word, the, the Chechnyan killers who came in from uh, from Chechnya to, to Boston, uh, they didn't seek across the Mexican border. So we have a messed up immigration system. Let's fix the parts that are messed up. We do not need to get into this thousand-page big government, uh, LBJ-type great society piece of legislation. It's not going to work well. It's not going to work well for the illegal immigrants, incidentally. And, and some of it's really ridiculous. You think about it for a minute. These guys, let's say there's a hardworking illegal immigrant. He's told, hey, you can come out of the shadows, as they keep saying, and legalize yourself and, and get on the path of citizenship. He does everything right for the next eight years. Is someone really going to tell him eight years from now, hey, the Department of Homeland Security, the Border Patrol thing, it's all screwed up. They're not hitting the measures, the marks, the goals that the Congress said they should hit. And so, uh, and so you're not going to get citizenship. It's ridiculous. Of course, no one's going to say that. I'm not sure anyone should say that. You shouldn't make one person's fate depend on whether a government bureaucracy is working or not. So let's be honest with the people who are here illegally. Let's help them out to the degree that it's appropriate to do so. But let's not pass this big government piece of legislation that I, I really think is, 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 is not going to work. Um, it's in a, I mean, it's now being cobbled together in, in the way that Obamacare was with sort of political cover for different uh, constituencies. Um, it's just what, it's what people correctly dislike about Congress and about legislation, not just what they dislike. It's okay, people can dislike something, but it can still be good. But it's what doesn't work. We have seen this in area after area of public policy. And the idea that we're now, after all these years, going to replicate this and that the Republicans are going along with this, I, I've got to say I, I started off fairly agnostic. I'm, I've always been sort of liberal on immigration reform. I started off thinking, well, maybe they'll come up with a decent bill. 
I, I can't say, looking at this bill, honestly, that I think it's the right thing for the country. A frustrating thing for uh, people who are active on this issue, uh, Bill, is they, they have absolutely no confidence that there will be enforcement. And the reason they don't believe it is because they've never seen enforcement, not interior enforcement. Sure, some boosts at the border. But even there, the fence that was supposed to be built, uh, Janet Napolitano just declared un, uh, unilaterally, we're just not going to finish the fence. Um, do you agree with me that if the uh, government said we're going to do e-verify, we're going to do workplace enforcement, we're going to show that it works for a year, and then we're going to come back and we're going to ask you, now can we work out a deal for the people who are here, that I, I think you could get broad support from, uh, from across the country, from the blue-collar workers who have to compete with these new uh, newly legalized workers, but you're never going to get the enforcement, and that's what people know in their gut. Absolutely right, and I think that's why it's reasonable to insist on first things first. Let's see the government uh, do what it says, what it has said it's going to have uh, to be doing for years now, and what the proponents of immigration reform have said for years. Oh no, we're on board with that, and they passed off in '06, and they pledged to it. And Obama talks about it, and it hasn't happened. And so it's just ridiculous. You know, let's just be commonsensical about this and say, you deliver on what you've said you can do on border security, exit entry, and the rest. Do it in two years from now. Absolutely, let's have a discussion about the right way to go at, go about legalization. But the idea that we that we accept the promises today in return for legalization today, um, and don't kid yourself. Once you have the provisional legalization, all the rest will follow. So the, it's promises of security in return for the reality of legalization, and not just legalization, the reality of the road to citizenship, uh, with all that that implies for the magnet effect of getting more people into the country. I mean, I mean that's another thing. The, even the CBO study, which was, you know, uh, um, CBO didn't want, I don't think, to find out that this bill was not going to work, says the number of illegal immigrants in this country, even if the whole thing gets, 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 goes into law uh, and sort of works the way it's supposed to work, allegedly going to work, There'll be still seven, eight million illegal immigrants in the country ten years from now. So all this talk about bringing in people out of the shadows—you're bringing in about a quarter or a third of the people out of the shadows. I mean, really, you know, really, that's worth all everything else that's that's happening in this bill. So, Let's... but again, what's amazing about this week is there's this very interesting CBO report, pretty carefully done, that comes out, and it's just totally ignored. And they go ahead giving political cover to some Republican senators so they can provide some extra votes for this right. bill. Uh, let's go across the border the other way. I'm a huge fan of the movie. This is Spinal Tap. And, of course, the movie uh, tells a story of a rock band that had huge stadium crowds at one point and is now reduced to working parties at military bases. And I thought about this as Spinal Tap when I saw President Obama return to Germany and the massive crowds had turned down to it looked like a, the, the line at the Starbucks had just backed up a little bit in front of him. Is this the incredible shrinking presidency both at home and abroad, Bill? Yeah, it is. And I think even abroad, they've lost any belief in the transformative power of the Obama presidency. And when you read the speech in Berlin, and I wrote an editorial about this this week, and we have a ton of articles in the magazine that's now up online about uh, um, what Obama's actual policies are doing in reality, and it ain't good. Um, I think reality is hit. You know, you can duck and dodge reality for a while. You can sort of see it out of one eye and hope it's going to change. At the end of the day, he's been president four and a half years. And how, what does the world look like? And I, I think whether you're an American or a German, for that matter, you sort of look around and think, really, this is the hope and change. This is the great transformation of the Middle East that was going to improve everything from those terrible days of uh, Bush and Cheney. And guess what? It not only has it improved, it's, it's getting more and more dangerous, and so we look weaker and weaker. And the president gives a speech which is not about reality. The president's speech is entirely abstract. You know, I'd like there to be no fewer nuclear weapons. I'd like us to deal with global climate change. I'd like everyone to get along. What about actual places in the world? What about Iran building nukes in Syria, 
killing tens of thousands of people, and that's literally not mentioned or barely mentioned in the speech. Syria is not mentioned. Iran's mentioned once in the context of, gee, we'd be nice if Iran and North Korea uh, don't become nuclear powers. Isn't North Korea already uh, a country with <laughs> nuclear weapons? I mean, it's just it's just a really amazing degree of willingness to disengage from reality by an American president and a scary degree of that. See, Bill, you've got uh, your focus all around Syria, yeah, whatever, Iran, some nukes. President Obama travels abroad to solve real problems, like telling the North Northern Irish Irish to shut down their Catholic schools. Now, see, that's good yep. foreign policy advice that our fellow countrymen can use. Wasn't that amazing? But, you know, he cited Ireland in the first step on the Chevy with Ireland, and he cites the, the, what's the achievements in Northern Ireland as a model. For elsewhere, how did the achievements in Northern Ireland happen? They happened because the British fought a very, very tough battle for 20, 30 years, convincing the IRA they couldn't win, actually. They weren't going to, to drive uh, Protestants out of Northern Ireland, et cetera. And then they ended up with a peace agreement. But that, that the, the British were tough, you know, and Obama isn't. And and then, of course, to say this thing, but that's so typical, isn't it? If only yes. everyone got along, how do you get along? We get along because you avoid all these sectarian distinctions, like people thinking if they choose, the parents might wish to have religious, religious right. education in their own education for their kids. What's most revealing about that comment about the Catholic schools is it, it was so, he didn't know he was saying anything at all provocative or offensive, <laughs> obviously. Because in the world of Barack Obama, everyone should just be kind of, you know, mixed together. Some elite should decide uh, where everyone should go to, where parents should send their kids to schools. And God forbid parents might want their kids brought up in a particular tradition, in a particular religion, have an attachment, honestly, to a particular country. He reiterated his citizen of the world uh, a motif in the in, in the Berlin speech. So it was a revealing speech, but a depressing one if you care about the next, if you think the next three and a half years. Wait till he finds out that those Catholics, better. Bill, wait till he finds out that those Catholic schools don't pay for mandatory uh, birth control for their students. Then he's going to really be upset. It's going to be a real problem. Well, he's going to, he's going to try to make them pay for it if they're here in the U.S. <laughs> exactly. You know? So uh, here's my take on the president's trip abroad and back to Spinal Tap. When it comes to cluelessness, he goes to 11. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for joining us here on the Weekly Standard podcast. Be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.